0: training camp is on matt williamson actually on location at steelers training camp as we get ready for this 2022 season the latest notes from the opening of every team's training camps in the nfl the kyler murray contract wrinkle that is uh, kind of blowing our minds a little bit and mike sandos quarterback tears from the athletic which is very interesting as well we'll get to all of it on today's peacock and williamson you're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered
1: by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day is what we do. First of all, Matt, we've got to let the folks know that our first couple of podcasts this week, you were on vacation. <laughs> we recorded these last week, and then even the, the the divisions we talked about, like the South, John Mechie unfortunate story about his leukemia that he's going to have to battle now that we didn't know about when we recorded the South episode talking about the Houston Texans. And Justin Ross, the undrafted free agent wide receiver, now already out with a season-ending injury for the Kansas City Chiefs. So for those of you listening, and I've heard from some of you on Twitter, that's the reason why it sounded like we're a little bit behind. Yeah, we were a couple days behind because uh, Matt Williamson on vacation, he was also en route to Pittsburgh to be at training camp, which I'm sure, Matt, is very nice for you to be at and get your eyes on some football for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah. So even to pull back the, the curtain a little further, uh, one of you lovely Twitter followers, very kind about it, said, you must be recording from vacation, Williamson. I know what you're up to because you didn't mention the Mechie news. You would have known that one when you recorded the AFC South. That's very unfortunate. So he's got an injury. And, and now this this situation, hopefully it all turns out fine. But I mean, who who the heck knows? That's tough on the Texans, too. I think they had big plans for him. Maybe, you know, not immediately, but, um, you know, th- that's not great. But anyway, um, yes, so my family vacation always correlates with the opening of training camp. We go to this YMCA camp by us that our families love forever. I've been going, like, since I was seven years old, and my kids love it. Um, I, my daughter's had her birthday there every year. My wife's highly involved with the with the camp. And so I was there early in the week, getting eaten by bugs and playing volleyball and doing those type of things, you know, a little boating and whatnot. Um, and now this morning, I got up early, came flying over here to La Trobe, only about hour and 45 minutes away or so, and went straight to my Steeler radio show. And we uh, camp out there right at field level, big Steeler tent, you know, broadcasting from 2 to 5 p.m. every day that they have camp. Stop by and say hello if you're in the area. It's always fun. But it's amazing, dude. I mean, the Steeler team's very young. But that's how the NFL is. There's so much turnover every year. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick has been a Steeler now for two and a half years. Remember, they traded for him during the season. This is his first time to St. Vincent's College. (laughs) You know, so like everyone younger than Minka has never been here. Amazing
0: that is amazing yeah yeah um, and to, to actually experience the training camp life going away for camp is a is a fun thing and so mm-hmm. uh, I always uh, you know am, uh, am jealous of those that get to have that that go away to camp because even the 49ers camp even though they have training camp it's the same place they always practice anyway so it's not going right. away like they used to they used to go away to Rockland over by Sa- uh, Sacramento um, when they had their games at Candlestick Park but no more of that I, I, I like those teams that still get away and go to another location to have training camp. Latrobe PA
1: La Trobe PA on Chuck Field. I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> tradition here. And they've been here since the mid 60s and you know, all the great players in history have been here. So it's very, very cool. Um, but as importantly, we saw I saw a real practice up close and everything. You know, I mean, they, they practiced for about an hour and a half today. The, their first practice of the year. Nothing, you know, massive to report. Trubisky's running with the ones. Uh, Pickens made some plays. You know, Deontay Johnson's kind of doing a hold-in type of thing. Didn't do the team drills, but he's here working. But there's just a lot of buzz. It's a lot of fun. Uh, When we're done here, I'm going to go to the local watering hole and maybe run into a coach or two and all the other media guys and, See what the scuttlebutt is. So yeah. I, I can't wait. Good stuff. Yeah, it's great interesting
0: it. in that scuttlebutt. Tomorrow we are previewing the NFC North for the 2022 season, players to watch in camp and the preseason, or the AFC North. So AFC we'll get your there. insight there on the, the Steelers and, and the scuttlebutt and all the things you're seeing there at Steelers practice. And, you know, Jesse Bates and Joe Burrow and some of those stories. So we'll wait on some of those stories for tomorrow, but there's plenty of other camp opening stories to get to today, Matt. And I think the biggest story that we've got to talk about, which is something, the more I think about it, the more it's kind of mind blowing is that Kyler Murray contract. And the big contract is one thing, you know, you're getting $40 million per year. It's a, it's a huge deal for a star quarterback in the NFL, but I don't know who leaked the information about the contract or if somebody just kind of read it and and found it. I don't, I don't, I don't know who broke that story about the contract and the four hours of study per day but I feel like it's a big deal. I feel like it's a really big deal that they would have to put that in writing. And I think of and from what I understand with the story and Kyler Murray's contract owner, Michael Bidwell is the one that really pushed for that to be in there. And I thought about it's like, man, this is by far the biggest contract, the biggest check that Michael Bidwell's had to write to a player. So maybe that's look, if I'm going to buy big, like I want to have my you know, if I'm going to buy a mansion of a house, I want to make sure uh, I've got a plumber go through there and look at the plumbing first. I've got to make sure the foundation is good. I got to make sure the roof is in tip top shape, you know, and you're going to sort of um do everything you can to make sure you get that return on your investment so maybe that's what it is and maybe i'm looking too much into it but if you have to stipulate four hours per week of independent film study for your quarterback which by the way isn't that much you should okay. want to have to turn, tell your quarterback to leave football alone more so than you have to tell him to do four hours of study where he can't play video games while the tape is running on the side uh that, that's a bit of a red flag for me. That that I, I wonder about that one quite a bit, Matt. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I have been stuck in the woods and out getting eaten by bugs and all that good stuff, but I've given this one a lot of thought, and I've looked into this contract and that stipulation. And first of all, I've kind of found out, and this shouldn't shock people, and I guess this is true in all walks of life, a lot of contracts out there have some stipulations that people don't bring up that are specific to that team or player, you know? Um, you know, small example, Ben Roethlisberger wrecked his motorcycle that time way back when, well, you're not allowed to do these certain activities or no skydiving people, you know, and we don't want Aaron Rodgers jumping out of planes or whatever it is. So there are some strange little stipulations in some of the higher priced non-standard contracts. That's not crazy talk in the NFL. That being said, I mean, four hours to your point. I mean, that makes me think he does zero. Now, I mean, not one or two, he does zero. He comes in, he punches the clock. If it starts at nine and leaves at five, he starts at nine and leaves at five. And I would love, I mean, Tom Brady would be the best example, but any quarterback that's in the NFL right now, if you asked them, okay, please chart your average week for me. How much extra work do you do? You know, whatever it is, t- uh, film study, whatever, outside the facility, or in addition to what you're required, I bet they would just laugh to no end that it's only four hours. It's
0: it's funny because they have that ability with the, with the iPads and the, the tablets yeah, they give yeah. up to their players. So it tracks that time. And um, a famous story with the 49ers last year was rookie Trey Lance led the team and how many hours he was spending looking at that. But again, you don't know if he's he just has it playing and he's – playing video games on the side but clearly there was some indication there from what they already know about how often he's using this on his own because it's all built in and they can track that Mm -hmm. stuff so uh i would absolutely love to see some of those i'm sure guys like tom brady is spending an insane amount of time on that he's probably all consumed by football when it's football season and getting better and, and you know whatever the opponent is upcoming and the classic story about um Jamarcus Russell, where they had a suspicion he wasn't watching tape that they were sending with him home, so they sent him a blank tape. <laughs> and he came back, and they asked him, hey, what'd you think about that um, that tape, that film we sent you? He said, yeah, cool, everything looks good. And <laughs> well, yeah. They knew that he didn't watch, it. They, didn't him, watch uh, it. they sent him home with the blank tape, and so this kind of feels like that situation. And that was one of the biggest all-time busts. That is the bust factor in the NFL is if you are a quarterback that's not putting in that much work. That you're not that competitive, ultra competitive, almost broken socially human being, right? I I always talk about how I feel like Tom Brady probably doesn't have any, any real friends. Michael Jordan doesn't sound like he has any real friends. They're too no, right, they're, right, right. They're they're almost broken from a normal human being socially, and you have to be that sort of a uh, you know, uh, a psycho almost to be mm-hmm. that great at a sport. Now you're not asking players to be that, but you do need to be someone who's self-motivated and driven to go watch a lot more than four hours of tape every week on the upcoming opponents.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to get into that Kyler specifically, but the one thing I meant to mention before is why do we, why do you and I and all the public know about this? Did the Bidwells leak this? Did the agent, I'm sure it's not the agent, but here's the other thing people need to know is the second this contract gets signed and gets, you know, in the end, is official. Well, every team in the league has access to it. Like if the Cardinals sign some backup guard to a standard contract, I don't think anyone around the league's going back and, and reading the fine, you know, the finer points of it. But I would imagine with a historic contract like this one or the Watson one or whatever, Every cap guy in the league is going to go look and say, "What's this?" you know, uh, the Bengals have to sign Joe Burrow in a year or the Chargers have to sign Herbert. I want to read every detail of this. So 32 teams had access to this. So this could have leaked from anywhere. So if they thought they had some secret, they're foolish. I mean, like you're telling every NFL person that has access to this, your, your details, you know, so don't think you're keeping the stuff secret.
0: All right, more notes on that Kyler Murray contract. Uh, some more notes from everything going on around the league. Some players not in camp, some players holding in. All of that coming up and some quarterback tiers as well, according to execs and as written by Mike Sando of The Athletic. All that and more coming up on today's 49ers, Locked On 49ers, but i got to let the folks <laughs> Locked
1: On 49ers, TV. You're rusty, I just, too, coming out of the I woods. I
0: just finished recording Locked On 49ers, and then I jumped on with you. Yeah, the Peacock and Williamson NFL <laughs> show. We're not just talking Niners. We're talking about the entire league here on Peacock and Williamson. You know what else I'm talking about is the newest flavor of Built Bar at Built.com, cookie dough chunk puffs light, chewy, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Are you depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys, the newest flavor of Built Bar? They are delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Built has done it again, and somehow it's all low-calorie and low sugar with 15 grams of protein cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories a whopping 15 grams of protein in them and that's why you feel good about reaching for those built bars because they are a high pre- protein low calorie low sugar treat and they always taste delicious they are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar so stop grabbing those candy bars grab yourself a built bar and actually feel the benefits and get that energy you need to boost you through your day and if you don't want to do the Cookie dough chunk puff, tons of other flavors of bars at built.com. You can get a mixed box. If you're not sure, all you got to do is go to built.com and use our promo code and get 15% off. That is promo code locked 15 at built.com to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again, everybody for making Peacock and Williamson, your first listen every day. For your second listen, you could go check out Locked On 49ers if you want. Check out the, the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast featuring Matt Williamson, all the other tons of great content we have on the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure you're subscribed up to the YouTube channel. The Locked On NFL YouTube channel is the home of Peacock and Williamson, along with Locked On NFL and a tons of other great content, including the most recent top 50 impactful better betting line players, blind movers in the NFL as well. Kyler Murray's record in the second half of seasons is not great either. Matt, I think uh, the number was seven wins to 18 losses over the course of the last three years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, Would that lend more to a lack of preparation at the end of years than at the beginning of seasons? I don't know. Maybe we're putting too much into this, but it, it is a funky little contract there with, with Kyler Murray and um, it's interesting to see how this all plays out in, in any future, because as soon as things like that start happening, I feel like more and more agents and teams start putting more and more stuff in, right? We're seeing all the guaranteed money now that we didn't see before. Cause once one team's one team does it, you can start asking for those types of things. I wonder if the response for teams is going to be like, okay, we want guarantees that this player is doing so-and-so here, so-and-so there, lifting weights this much, doing this much film study. I wonder if we're going to start seeing more and more of this thing.
1: That's very, very possible. Um, I have a lot of concerns about the steel big picture. I have a lot of concerns about the, the Cardinals. There's, However, there has been a lot of tremendous NFL football players, Hall of Famers that – they weren't film buffs or they went home and they didn't do football stuff or they were just simply the most talented player on the field and they were rare guys. Yeah, I'm not sure how many quarterbacks, though, especially in today's NFL. I mean, and I think Kyler, this is my impression of it and some secondhand information, is that Kyler has been – more or less the best player on the field since he was five years old or whatever, and didn't have to do more. You know, I mean, there's a lot of players that get that way. Wins a Heisman steps in for Baker. Wins a Heisman first overall pick. Okay. Has a fair amount of success at the NFL level. Why would I do more? No one's taught me to do more. Why would I do more? But he's going to have to do more, you know I mean? To take the next step to justify that contract, he's going to have to really, Advance himself, you know, in terms of understanding defenses, and he's not going to be the quickest guy in the field forever. And to your point about falling apart late in the season, I think a lot of it is because of injuries. And I, I think that correlates with his size. And he's also so reliant on his feet and arm and his gifts, which he has so many of, that if he's a little injured and all of a sudden he's not the most talented guy on the field. That comes home to roost, where Brady or Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was hobbling around last year, but he could still mentally beat you because he knows those things. I also think you know Kingsbury's offense is very simplistic, and it wasn't the college level. Now, is it simplistic because the quarterback can't handle more, or is it, it's a chicken or egg thing? But it was also very simplistic at the at the college level. I mean, AJ Green lines are are. You know, uh, the, DeAndre Hopkins lines up in the same spot every time. You know, it's very static that way. So I think teams get a beat on these guys. And, you know, over a 17-week season, you know, you watch all this tape, and you, one guy only takes to find a weakness. And if your quarterback and coach isn't adjusting to their own weaknesses and the way they're attacking it, well, you start to crumble.
0: More on that idea a little bit later when we check in on the quarterback tiers written by Mike Sando, as uh, relayed by voting on by uh, league executives around the NFL. Um, And we started this podcast with some of the bad news with John uh, Mechie, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans, and really wish him a speedy recovery with his leukemia diagnosis recently. And uh, we'll, we'll get the other bad news out of the way here with star running back Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks, who's going to end up retiring now from the NFL due to his neck injury so we weren't sure about that there was some optimism that maybe he was going to give it a shot and try to come back but you know maybe the smart move is for him to just walk away uh because that neck stuff is it can be very serious so unfortunately chris carson was a fun player to watch you know great story seventh round pick made good and now retiring way too soon you know it's for a running back a little too soon maybe from a neck injury
1: yeah i mean he got the most of his abilities and his opportunities he wasn't a super high pick you know, put his body on the line week after week with his running style. But as you often say, I mean, that's running backs. (laughs) It's not a matter of if, it's when they get hurt. And I, I feel bad for the guy. I don't mean to sound callous by saying this, but this came as no shock to me when I read that headline. I kind of expected that that was going to be the case.
0: What do you think about Julio Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? A little ring chasing for Julio, and I got no problem with it. And from the Buccaneers perspective, with Julio Jones coming in on a one-year deal, I think it's six million, could be upwards of eight million with some incentives. Um, you know, it's it's you know, it, it's a nice insurance policy for the Buccaneers with you know one of their star receivers coming off an injury. I guess maybe they're hoping that the combination of Julio and uh, everybody else on their roster gives them just a rock solid number two option across from Mike Evans this season. Just you know throwing more darts at the dartboard to make sure they they have more coverage there in case you know one or you know Godwin or you know some of the other younger players on the roster mm-hmm. um, you know aren't aren't up to being that starting level player for the entire season. That's
1: yeah. I mean, I think the, the logic is if we can piece six games of Julio and 10 games of Godwin and 17, hopefully games of Evans and gauge. Yeah. And we can put, put that all together week to week and week two might not look like week 10, but you know, we'll, we'll piece it all together. Godwin and gauge can both be slot guys, you know, so I really need one of those two. I I like it. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to run out and draft Julio in fantasy. I mean, I think he's a tremendous player, but, I mean, equating it to, like, the Antonio Brown signing that they made, it's its a veteran guy that Brady will trust. That's great. I just thought Brown was a much better player as a Buck than Julio will be. And I trusted Brown, even with his craziness, to be on the field more than Julio. I, I, I mean, I adore what Julio's done, but I think the over-under a game's played as a Buck this year is, like, six.
0: Yeah. Todd Bowles, the head coach there in Tampa was basically like, well, yeah, I know he's had injury problems, but he's healthy right now. So let's go for it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to win it it right now. So let's try it. And, you know, hopefully by the time he gets hurt, it's almost inevitable that Godwin will be ready and you know that they can just pass the baton and then you're, you're rock solid. And to me, it kind of hurts Godwin. Uh, I'm not drafting Julio. He's looking at it from a fantasy perspective, Mm -hmm. but I guess it kind of helps Brady and helps Mike Evans because, I think it, you know, it definitely doesn't hurt either one of them. So I guess it, from from the standpoint of Godwin and Julio, it just muddies the situation. But the other two, I think it it could only either keep them the same or help. So yeah. yeah. It's a Brady and good for Mike Evans, in my opinion.
1: hundred percent. And it's an aggressive organization trying to win one more ring with Brady. They're all in. So they're not caring about future cap ramifications and things like that. You know, I mean, so I, I understand it, and again, if they can get 17 games out of Godwin plus Julio I th- and some playoff games, I think they'd take it.
0: Uh, thinking of some other stories around the NFL, but this one pops into my head talking about the Buccaneers was Leonard Fournette apparently was 260 pounds not very long ago, <laughs> way too close to training camp, but latest reports he's already down to 245. So. Good, that's good. still really big for Leonard Fournette, but Leonard going to be bigger than the most. They probably want to get another ten pounds off there at least. You know, yeah. might be better, but two sixty, come on.
1: <laughs> All
0: Is right.
1: that I don't know much to comment on that. I mean, I a lot of these athletes, some of them cut weight easier than others. You know, that maybe that's not as uncommon for him to blow up in the offseason, enjoy himself, hit it hard. I mean, he he's a professional, but two sixty sounds rather fleshy you know i don't want him looking like eddie lacy out there you know
0: right i don't know if there's any other uh camp stories you want to talk about debo samuel's been a big one that's uh been followed you mentioned deontay johnson both of them it sounds like wide receivers uh getting ready to go into the last year of their contracts both of them at camp and reported but neither one is practicing so the holding ends are beginning there
1: yeah and Deontay, I mean, I sat there and watched him. He worked hard and everything but team drills, you know, so these hold-ins sometimes are different than people think. I mean, uh, just from firsthand experience, that was the same with T.J. Watt. You know, it doesn't mean they're sitting there in sweats just, you know, chatting with their position coach. A lot of those guys are working hard. They just don't want somebody to step on their ankle or something in team, you know, and there's a lot of bodies around.
0: Yeah. And if you're away from the team in the spring, you probably want to ramp them up slower. So Debo's just running on the side doing conditioning and that type of thing. Yeah. You don't want to get hurt while you're trying to get a new contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to make sure that when you do get in there, that you're fully ready to go.
1: The last thing I want to throw at you is it's not it, when I read the headline, it didn't seem like a camp, you know, like a game changer at all. But Kevin Stefanski came out and said, if Watson's not playing, Brissett's our quarterback, you know, which I think we all knew at this point. But what's really interesting to me is, including Rosen and Dobbs, who really don't matter in this equation, all four of their quarterbacks weren't Browns last year, and the guy they're paying the most money to didn't play any football last year. Like, just preparing Brissett and Watson will be really interesting. You know, like, if Watson's there practicing, I mean, why would he not be there? You have to treat him like the one, you know, but... Deep in the back of your head, you're going, I'm going to need Jacoby in week one, not Watson. How do I manage this, you know, uh, the the reps with the first team?
0: That's really tough. Yeah, at some yeah. point you almost have to ramp down Watson, ramp up Jacoby to get him ready because mm-hmm. it's going to be probably at least half the season that he's going to have to be the number one quarterback because so you got to get him those reps and camp. you got to train yeah. him like a starter at some point.
1: And say what you want about Watson, and there's plenty to say about him. But I'm sure he's super excited to show his new team that he's the man, and I want every snap, and I'm in charge here. And and, and he's that type of player, and they're paying him accordingly.
0: Right. And new offense, and he didn't play last what? year, so he needs right. reps too. Yeah, not they, they not almost a... both need full first QB1 reps, and there's right. Right. Enough not to enough to go around. around. So I'm, I'm imagining – Dobbs and Rosen are probably sitting there like, Well, I guess we're not going to get any reps because it's too right. important to get the other guys' reps.
1: And you don't want to throw either one out there in the second half of a preseason game when you you and I are blocking for them. You know, so yeah. that's going to be really a, a balancing act.
0: I want to talk quarterback tiers. We brought up a lot of the quarterbacks that are on Mike Sando's quarterback tiers list next. But first, I want to let the folks out there know, Matt, about Dave. Nice. nice. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from future? you. Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to do whatever you need to do. Catch up on bills, fill up your gas tank, or finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There is no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app right now from the App Store. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. So there was the ESPN tears that came out recently and Sando actually used to write for ESPN and do his tears there. And Jeremy Fowler sort of took over that. Um, it wasn't tears. It's top tens is the way that ESPN, they yeah, yeah. really talked to execs and I like Mike. My, my no offense to Fowler and, and the ESPN crew and maybe a little bit of uh, playing favoritism because Mike Sando used to be a regular guest with us here on uh, when we were doing the locked on NFL show. Uh, but I love Mike Sando's list and it's really fun. It's a fun way to do it as making making the execs and coaches that he's talking to pick a tier. So it's not just ranking them either. You got to pick a tier. Is this a tier one quarterback? Is it not a tier one quarterback? And again, very much like the others. And it kind of lines up with, 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 you know, they're different people that they're talking to, but everybody's in the league. And I think the, the rankings come out pretty similar to what we saw with the ESPN list. And again, I think the one that causes the most argument is Lamar Jackson. He's down here at number 10. So he did make the top 10 in this list, but he's in a He's in tier two. He's not a tier one quarterback. Uh, and I find that fascinating, Matt. I think we got to start there because uh, it's obviously the one that, that gets the most um, most reaction as, as it pertains to people breaking down quarterbacks because some old school NFL guys just don't like the way Lamar Jackson plays and they're never going to rank him high on their list. They just they, they would rather lose with a pocket passer than win with Lamar Jackson in this in his style of game.
1: So I'm going to I'm going to speak for Sando on this because since these co- have come out I've traveled back and forth and I've listened to three three podcasts where he's been a guest on the Athletics, Ross Tucker's, where he's explained some of it just like how we're chatting about it in addition to the article itself which all of you guys should check out. And to paraphrase and Mike, I'm sorry if I misquote you here, but um, he's been doing this a long time and he, he always pulls 50 people, quarterback coaches, a few defensive coaches anyone i mean high up dudes not random you know quality control guys you know no offense to those folks but they, i mean these are serious people that have been in the league a long time so his criteria is really important here with his definition of what a tier 1 guy is versus a tier 2 guy and he said consensus opinion on Jackson and these are Sando's words you know on the air where almost everyone said he's a tier 1 football player but I have to call him a tier two quarterback because there's one criteria here that he just doesn't meet and a tier one quarterback can carry his team each week. Check. Lamar can do that. The team wins because of him check Lamar can do that. He expertly handles pure passing situations. No check. And maybe that's an old school way of thinking, but mike's brought that up many times that the league still puts a massive premium from winning from the pocket.
0: Yep. And you know? uh the 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 way i've heard sando explain it was when you take when you take the rest away from him and you need him to make a throw to win a game and you know there's really good smart defensive coordinators in the league and if you if you take that threat of the run away from him and force him to hit his back foot and get it out. Is he going to beat you like some of the other quarterbacks will. Right. And yeah. I, I think there's, you know, there's obviously none of these quarterbacks are perfect. Even the, you know, mm-hmm. the whoever's number Rogers one, and Mahomes, right, Yeah. One. Yeah. They're not perfect. There's going to be, and you know, there's some, some really funny uh, a, a anonymous quotes about, those quarterbacks even, too. You know, when when you start nitpicking these guys, people really raise eyebrows, too, with some of the quotes. But um, I I think there's some fair criticism, obviously, with Lamar Jackson, even though people have a problem with how low he's ranked in a lot of these lists.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's 10 in this list, and he was 11 on ESPNs. Right. I mean, one of them had Prescott ahead of him. This one had Jackson ahead of Dak. I mean, the guys above him aren't bums. I mean, there's there's about a dozen. I, I think there's 11 real premium quarterbacks, and he's one of them and okay, he's a little low, I get it, but he has a slight hole in his game, and that's part of the Tier 1 definition.
0: And... Uh, he's not the only superstar quarterback who's in tier two. Matthew Stafford, who just won the Super uh-huh. Bowl, and Russell Wilson, both tier two quarterbacks as well, along with Deshaun Watson, who was right in front of Lamar, as you mentioned. Dak right behind Lamar in tier two. Uh, Derek Carr, number twelve overall here in tier number two, and then Kyler Murray, who we've talked a lot about on this episode, after Carr at number thirteen in tier two.
1: Yep. Uh, a couple little thoughts there, just from this top group, um, via what Mike said was he thinks. Usually the league takes an extra year before giving the young guys the boost. But you didn't mention Burrow and Herbert. He said the league believes these guys are legit. There's no worries anymore about either one of them. He said Stafford, if he has, he doesn't have to win the Super Bowl, but if he has a similar year this year with the Rams, Mike believes he will be a tier one guy. There's just a lot of past bias from all his Lions years and hard to get that taste out of your mouth at some point. Where Wilson's going the other way right now. I mean, he was a tier one guy or a fringe tier one guy a year ago, and he struggled lately, so he dropped down the list a little bit.
0: And Watson, prior to last year, was a tier one guy too, wasn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. He was, but yeah. I mean, Mike said I didn't know how to take that one. You know, you know right. what I mean? Like everyone's going to view him different. And
0: Watson almost just needs to be in a different category, like a uh, yeah, not a pl- not applicable
1: category for for a year. And I'm sure voters, if it's like, should I give him a one or a two? Probably didn't side in his favor.
0: Yes. Aaron Rodgers topped all the quarterbacks, Tier 1. Some of the other Tier 1 quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned earlier, um, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, doing these out of order, Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. and Justin Herbert were the seven Tier 1 quarterbacks, according to league, or six Tier 1 quarterbacks, according to league executives. Uh, I found it interesting as a, a, you know, somebody who covers the 49ers that Jimmy Garoppolo on a lot of these lists ranks higher than, than Trey Lance, even though the 49ers have decided they want to go with Trey Lance and not Jimmy Garoppolo. So I just find that interesting. And I guess he, again, a year too late, you can't put the cart in front of the horse, but, um, one of the quarterbacks is a starter right now. And the other guy is kind of flailing in the wind and Jimmy G's a quarterback 16 here on this list.
1: Yeah. I was a little shocked that, Jimmy was quite as high as he was, especially considering he's more or less unemployed at this point. Um, but he he did mention that tier four is also like the incomplete grade guys. You know, like Mahomes after his first year was in tier four, even though people were excited about him. Some of the, those are the incomplete grades as well. If, if there's one of these guys that I'm not sure about, I just haven't seen enough. They stick him in tier four. So I think that's Lance to a T. You know, I mean. I don't know how you could put him anywhere else, but of the guys that there's a lot to look at, I'm not saying I'm disputing it, but I was a little shocked that Jimmy was as high as he was. And I was a little shocked that Matt Ryan still is respected as he is.
0: Yeah. Matt Ryan coming in at 14. Yeah. um... Also, I believe, was he the end of tier two or the beginning of tier? Yeah, he was the end of tier two, though. So yeah. he was still at the end of their tier two. Then it was Cousins 15, Jimmy G 16. What's odd to me, though, if these are actual coaches and, and league executives and decision makers around the league, and Jimmy Garoppolo is still right there in the middle of the pack, 16 That's what the starting quarterbacks, how has nobody traded for him yet?
1: Right. Or even Matt Ryan, you know, they didn't give up much for Matt Ryan. You know, if, if the world thinks he's the 14th best quarterback in the league. Shouldn't Atlanta gotten more for him or five teams been calling about him? You know what I mean? And Jimmy's the best example ever. You know, I mean, unless that injury's really been that much of a hindrance. I think bad timing's the case with Jimmy. I mean, there's that if he would have been more healthy and available two months ago, I'm sure San Fran would have got a lot more for him or whatever. But yeah,
0: if he definitely you know. was healthy throughout February and in and, and February and March when everybody else got moved, I'm sure he would have gotten as much or more than, you know. Carson Wentz, yeah. maybe, he's, maybe he's in Washington right now. Maybe he's in Indy already. And, mm-hmm. and those other moves didn't happen. So that's uh, and, and there is, you know, a lot more quarterbacks now. It's, it's not quite a surplus necessarily, but there's a lot more quarterbacks. That the teams could talk themselves into being starters than maybe ever before in my lifetime. So that plays into all this stuff as well. And everyone kind of found their guy early in the offseason. Now Garoppolo's is the last one and the chairs have been all pulled out.
1: Yeah. I mean, and just to come back to our full circle of how we started the show of training camp opens and, you know, these teams have their quarterback room set. I mean, even if it's a a Mason Rudolph or somebody nobody cares about, I mean, there's a no vacancy sign on these quarterback rooms because they've been investing and working on these guys forever. Like we don't need somebody to rock the boat. We've been planning all year, all offseason for this day, day one of starting practice. I want to see how it looks. I didn't waste all this time or, you know, use all this time right. just to rock the <laughs> boat, you know?
0: Right. No, that's a good point. Um, last one for you here, Matt. I got a question for you with the Tier 4 quarterbacks and some of the bottom Tier 3 quarterbacks, you know, Trevor Lawrence and and Trey Lance and uh, Justin Fields, so, you know, maybe two, uh, you know, uh, any of these quarterbacks. If you had to pick one, which guy's going to be Tier 2 next year?
1: Mm, tier 2. Your, your boy Lance would be pretty high on that, uh, on that ballot. I'm still very, very excited about Fields, but I don't think his supporting cast will allow him to get to Tier 2. Lawrence is the most obvious, but I, I won't exactly reveal this, but go read the article. Some of the quotes about his natural ability weren't as glowing as you would think from the best prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck, you know, but... Uh, I, I would think Lawrence is probably the one that I would bet on if uh, if all those guys from, I don't know, 20 or lower, uh, one of them was to go to Tier 2, I, I think I would still put Lawrence. But Lance could really be a difference maker too.
0: Yeah, it's so hard because Lance's situation is the best probably. Yeah, uh, I would agree, Lawrence, y- you feel pretty clean about him as a prospect and having now a professional coach as uh, defensive end Josh Allen put it, at the beginning of training camp he's like (laughs) it was just like people it it must have been amazing to be in that locker room last year people looking around like what the hell is going on with this coach that we have right now like how did we end up in this situation it seems like they're so glad that they have Doug Peterson a professional court a coach now in Jacksonville and I could absolutely see him take off I'm gonna go Justin Fields just because his talent I I just believe I mean it's kind of we talk about Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, maybe the third fastest quarterback in the NFL, maybe second fastest. He might be faster long ways than, uh, you know, I think, you know, Kyler Murray's quicker. But Justin Fields, 6'3". He runs a 4'4", flat, and he's got a crazy arm with crazy accuracy. Like, there's just too much there. I, I'm not going to believe that Justin Fields is going to fail, even though his situation is just not nearly as good as the other
1: guys. It's funny, you, as you were saying that, you, you mentioned the name Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Justin Fields' rookie years really aren't much different. And Allen's second year was a struggle. I mean, I publicly was saying, I don't know about this guy, you know. And, oh,
0: I, I was not yeah. a believer in Josh Allen before the draft. After his rookie year, I thought I was proven right, you Me know. Um, so that was one of the most amazing. And his, his rookie year was probably worse than
1: Justin Fields. Yeah, right, right. I mean, there weren't many glimpses of it. Fields had some glimpses. So uh, I, I think Fields is going to be a very good player.
0: All right, we're out of time here. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We're going to check in with the AFC North tomorrow. Some insights from Matt Williamson on the division. He covers the closest, including those Pittsburgh Steelers. uh, Joe Burrow not at camp. Jesse Bates not at camp with those Cincinnati Bengals and a whole lot more. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.